Well, just a quick update um, for those of you who may be visiting or new, your first time here. Um, uh, I am not the pastor. Uh, my name is Heath Harrell. I'm a family member here. Uh, our pastor, as everyone, most everyone knows, Scott, uh, underwent a kidney transplant on Thursday. Um, very fortunate in that another church family member was able to uh, donate their kidney. And so Jeff Street is home and, and recovering. Scott is coming home today. Um, they said it was textbook. Yes, yes, definitely. And so um, uh, if they're listening, uh, we're thinking about you. Uh, very, very grateful for the surgeons and that God uh, led you through that. Uh, they said it was textbook. So that's uh, awesome to hear. Um, so uh, it's, been, uh, it's been over a year uh, since I was actually up here. I was looking back at my notes and it was funny, I, was, I knew that Scott was having surgery and the elders, they were meeting and, you know, I was like, guys, I can help out. And they were kind of like, eh, I'm not sure. And I, I said, look, I won't sing. And they were like, oh, that's great. Uh, why don't you take August 14th? So um, it also of note that I have a flight at 1220. So it will be a short sermon, a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, because I do have to go to the airport here in just a little bit. So anyway, before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you um, uh, for all that you do for us and have done for us, Lord, for, for Scott and for Jeff and bringing through the, them through the procedure. Uh, Father, we're so grateful and thankful and just pray for their continued recovery. Uh, Father, I just pray over this congregation, Lord, that there are um, if there's anything that, that's just burdening, burdening us, just, just to leave it behind, Lord, that you would just, um, Lord, that you would just soften our hearts, open our minds, Lord, that my words would just be your words this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, this morning we're going to be in James, in the book of James, chapter 1, uh, the first six verses. Uh, before we read that, I want to just ask you a few questions, though. So, <clears throat> it, People in this room, in, in general, like how many, how many of us have problems that you've dealt with? Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody, right? You've faced a trial in your life, some type of adversity that you've been met with. Uh, some of you may be dealing with adversity right now. Um, on July 23rd, a good friend of mine and a co-worker of mine, um, his nephew got up and went to work like he always does. He's 23 years old. But as he was flying his crop duster across the field in eastern Arkansas, he clipped a guide wire off of one of the towers. His crop duster crashed and he died. 23 years old. He got up just like we got up this morning to start his day, to do what he loved. How do you explain that? You know, Charles Stokes was a great guy, but he wasn't guaranteed the next day. Trials in life are hard to understand, and it's really hard to comprehend and explain tragedies. Trials in life will take on different forms. You know, for some, it could be a financial crisis, the loss of a job, a serious illness, an accident, the grief that's caused by an untimely death of a loved one, needing a kidney 
and thinking you were going to get your kidney transplant and then having to wait almost two years. Scott had to wait two years almost from the original date of surgery. It's hard to explain why things like this in life happen. You ever ask why me or why them? So the text we're going to look at is in the book of James. And I had a pastor uh, at a previous church. He used to describe the book of James. And he would say, James is a hot book. And if you really read James and get into James, and I I used to think, what does he mean hot book? And then we studied James. And then I would sit in there and I would start sweating. Because James will really get to you if you really sit down and read and study James. So turn with me. We're going to read uh, James 1, uh, verse 1 through 6. Starts off, says, Greetings, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And I realized here I'm not doing my slides. Bear with me. Sorry about that. So a little background on James. It's not coming up here, Eric, if you just want to jump to the verses. So a little background on James. So the James who writes this book was also known as James the Just. Uh, James was the brother of Jude. They were both half-brothers of Jesus. But if you look in verse 1 there, He doesn't say anything about being Jesus' brother. No, he's looking and he's referring to himself as a servant. He's a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is way, way more than his brother. Jesus is his Lord. A servant is one who has a permanent relationship of servitude with the Lord. And so James says here, he goes, Consider it great joy when trials come. So James is telling us that when trials come, we should consider it joy. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not my general reaction when I'm faced with a trial or I'm faced with adversity in life. I could think of words like upset, frustrated, angry, even to the point of giving up. These are some common reactions that I have when I'm facing trials. So for me to stand here and tell you that you're supposed to have joy when you're in the midst of a trial, is not the easiest thing to do because I'm not very good at it at times. So if you look up the word joy, we all know what that is, right? It's a a feeling of great pleasure, a feeling of happiness. To have joy in a trial in life, you've got to have discipline. We must have discipline because facing trials with joy is not our natural human reaction. It's just not. So if we look there at verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers. Now, does it say if trials come? No. 
when you meet trials of various kinds. So it's not an if, it's when. Trials are going to come. We're all going to face trials in our lives. It's inevitable. Problems will arise and our faith will be tested. If we look at verse 3, it says, The testing of our faith produces steadfastness. And, and another word for that would be endurance or patience or capacity. Uh, one word that I saw that I liked was grit. John Piper talks about it in this way. <clears throat> Piper said, Strange as it may seem, one of the primary purposes of being shaken by suffering is to make our faith more unshakable. Faith is like a muscle tissue. If you stress it to the limit, it gets stronger, not weaker. That's what James means here. When our faith is tested and stretched to its breaking point, the result is a greater capacity to endure. When facing trials, we should not pray so much for the removal of the affliction. Instead, we should pray for the wisdom to use it in the right way. We pray for wisdom to guide us under trials. Wisdom to regulate our spirit, to manage our affairs. Verse 4 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So I look at my footnotes, I have a study Bible here, and so when I look at the footnotes on verse 5 and 6, it says this, it says, James addresses the believer who lacks wisdom in handling trials. Wisdom is a God-given and a God-centered discernment regarding the practical issues in life. Wisdom comes from prayer for God's help. God gives generously without repro reproach. He doesn't want you to hesitate to come to him. We should seek him, seek wisdom. It says what it gives for faith. It says faith is a settled trust and confidence in God based on his character and promises revealed in Scripture. So if I were to ask you a question this morning, and I were to just say this, so, so where is your faith this morning? How's your faith doing? Another way I would say that is how are you doing spiritually this morning? Some of you may be in the midst of a trial right now. Some of you may have barely got here this morning. My hope and my prayer is that, that maybe you leave here in a little better place that you were than you were when you walked in. So when we seek wisdom, what do we do? So let's put it this way. So um, I know uh, football started, right? So football started. Um, so what would you do if you wanted to be a good football player? Or if you wanted to be a good piano player? Or a good cook? What do, what do you have to do? Practice. Right? You have to practice. We got to train. You got to study. Trials are a form of testing our faith. So how do we make our faith stronger? We have to practice. You've got to pray. You have to read your Bible. You have to gather. We've got to practice. 
See, God loves faith so much that he will test it to its breaking point as to keep it pure and strong. The testing of our faith should bring us joy. We should rejoice in the testing of our faith. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How we react to trials and adversity says a lot about us as who we are, as who we are as Christians. I read this quote. I wrote it down. This is uh, from R.C. Sproul. It was through one of my, I think, Facebook yesterday. It said this, even if the budget is never balanced, even if the stock market crashes, even if food prices skyrocket, even if my child never recovers from their illness, even if I lose my home, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Barbara Johnson had this quote in one of her books that said this, which I thought was really good. It says, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. Now, you can be miserable if you want to. But you also can, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your trouble or your problem, you can have joy. That's a good quote. Pain is inevitable when trials come. Misery is optional. Trials come in life. They test our faith. They test our love for God by how we react to them. If we love God supremely, we will thank God for what he is accomplishing through our trials. But if we love ourselves more than God, we'll question God's wisdom and become upset and bitter. I'm going to say that again. If you love God supremely more than yourself, you'll trust him and you'll thank him for what he's accomplishing in you through your trials. But if we love ourselves more than God, we'll, be, we'll question his wisdom, we'll become upset and bitter. You see, if our faith in God is only good when we're doing good, then it is then it is faith that is of very little value. Dreaded words like, you have cancer, or you lost your job. These are types of words that will shake us to our core. My friend who lost his nephew, who sent in my office, and he was, I mean, it was devastating. The, he was telling me, you know, the emotions, the sadness, the anger, the, sor- the grief, he looked up at me and he said, I don't know how someone who's not a Christian would ever be able to deal with something this tragic. John 16, says this. I've got it in red because it's in red in your Bible. Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In me, you will have peace. A friend of ours was sharing with us uh, last week about a, a really tragic event that happened in their life some 16 years ago. And they talked about how devastated they were and how angry they were and, and just how upset they had become. And they they would talk to people about it, and, and people would say, well, well, God has a plan. God has a plan. 
And they just couldn't accept it. But when they got saved, when God saved them, a peace came over. They were finally at peace with that devastating event. The peace that passes all understanding is only found in Jesus. Psalm 119, 71 through 72 says this, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. I really like the Message Bible. There's a translation from the Message Bible, and it says the same, same verse says this. It says, My troubles turned out all for the best. They forced me to learn from your textbook. Truth from your mouth means more to me than striking it rich in a gold mine. Building our faith, asking God for wisdom, is far more important, far more valuable than winning the lottery. Life is a series of problem-solving opportunities. The problems we face will either defeat us or develop us. It all depends on how we respond. As a Christian, it's important to look beyond the trial, to be patient in the Lord, to pause and look at all that God has done in your life. See, building our faith takes practice. We have to build our faith. You have to practice. We said it before. How do we do that? We pray. You read your Bible. You gather. So we've got five ways here that God wants to use problems in your life. Five ways. So he'll use problems in your life for direction, inspection, correction, protection, and finally, perfection. God use, will use problems in your life to direct you. See, many times in life, we will get off course. We start down the wrong path, going in the wrong direction, and sometimes God has got to light a fire under us to move us back in the right direction. Sometimes God needs to pick us up and body slam us to get us off of that path. Problems often point us in a new direction to change us and motivate us for the better. I'll ask you this morning, is God trying to get your attention? Are you going through something in life and maybe God is trying to redirect you? Proverbs twenty thirty says this, Blows that wound, cleanse away evil. Strokes make clean the innermost parts. Another translation says it like this. Sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. Sometimes it takes a trial to point us in the right direction. God will use problems in life to inspect us. God will use a problem to see how well we've been studying. I read this quote. It says, people are like tea bags. If you want to know what's inside them, just drop them in hot water. Has God ever tested your faith with a problem? And what did that problem reveal about you? 
I will say this. Sometimes I have not been very good, probably haven't had the best reaction to some of the problems I've dealt with. Psalm 139 says this. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me the way everlasting. Search me, O God. That should be all of our prayer this morning. Search me. Inspect me. Know me. And if there's any wicked way in me, God, put me on that right path and lead me the way everlasting. Number three, God will use problems in your life to correct you. You see, sometimes we can only learn lessons the hard way, right? It's like the child that the parents told, don't touch the hot stove. It's hot, don't touch it. Inevitably, how many learn that lesson the hard way by touching the hot stove? Sometimes, see, we only can learn the value of something, of our health, or our wealth, or our relationships. We can only learn that value when we lose it. It's unfortunate, but sometimes that's the way it is. We discipline our children. Why? Because we love them. Hebrews 12, uh, verse 5 says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. God corrects us because he loves us. He puts us on the right path out of love for us. Just like you love your child and you correct them and you try to protect them. That's what God's doing. Our next point. God will use problems in our lives to protect us. See, sometimes a problem can be a blessing in disguise. Everybody ever had that happen or seen that in somebody else's life? <clears throat> it can prevent us from being harmed or, or for, from something far more serious taking place. When I was a sales rep, um, oh, this is a while ago, I, I work in orthopedics, and I was a sales rep, and I, I called on a hand surgeon. And um, I knew this, I knew him pretty well, and we were in surgery one day, just kind of killing time, waiting for the patient to get in the room. And I, I was like, well, how was your weekend? And he was like, you got to listen to this. So he'd been on call. A woman had come in and broken her wrist. Okay, so she'd broken her wrist. Sometimes a wrist can be fixed with a cast. Sometimes if it's, if it's displaced, they have to put a, a, a plate in there or do surgery, right, to fix, to fix the bone. Well, she had fallen, broken her wrist, and needed to have surgery, she was eight months pregnant. They didn't want to do the surgery for fear of, of putting the baby in distress, but at the same time, her arm was not going to heal properly if they didn't do the surgery. So they opted to do the surgery. They take her, they, they set it up, they do the surgery at the hospital. They have OB on standby to monitor the baby. And as they're closing and finishing her wrist, the baby went in distress. OB comes in. Emergency C-section, and as they're removing the baby, they noticed the cord was wrapped around that baby's neck. If she had gone full term, there's a chance the baby would not have made it. 
do you think she was at all upset about breaking her arm? Sometimes God will have problems in your life to protect you or protect someone else from something far worse. Do you remember what Joseph said to his brothers? In Genesis chapter 50, after um, all that his brothers had put him through, right? We studied Genesis last year. Everything that they had put him through, Joseph told them this. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Sometimes a bad situation could could have been a lot worse. Sometimes it's just there to protect us. Number five, God will use problems in our life to perfect you. You see, problems when responded to properly or correctly are character builders. God is far more interested in us growing our faith and growing our character than he is our comfort. He's more interested in seeing us grow spiritually than what our bank account looks like, what our social status is, how many likes we got on Instagram. Your relationship with God and your character are the two things that you're going to take with you to eternity. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God is working on you. If you woke up this morning and you're sitting in this room right now, he is working on you. And he's not finished. You see, God wants to perfect us. And sometimes in order to perfect us, it takes a little surgery. The dissection of our thoughts and of our intentions is meant to perfect us in order to us to build our faith. So we should count it joy this morning when trials come. Romans 5, 3, 4 says, We can rejoice when we run into problems that they help us learn to be patient. And patient develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. So here's the point. God is at work in your life. Even when you don't recognize it or understand it. So count it joy this morning. Sorry. So count it joy this morning, my brothers and sisters, when trials come. So I'll ask you this question. Are you my brother or my sister? You see, we're all born once and we're all going to die, right? That's a given. But you have a choice your spiritual choice is this, you, you, you're born physically, you die physically, but spiritually you have a choice of one or the other. You're either born again, or spiritually you're dead. <clears throat> Scott talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I, wanted to, I just wanted to say it again because it's so, it's the gospel, right? And that's why we're all here. 
And Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and Jesus had answered Nicodemus. He said to him, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which of born of flesh is flesh, and that which of born of the Spirit is spirit. You see, when we're born of the Spirit of God, we're all brothers and sisters to each other because we're born of that same Spirit. We're called brothers because we're all redeemed by the blood of Christ. We're all heirs to the same promises and we'll dwell forever together in the same heaven. I'm going to leave you with this thought. So my dad is, um, has dealt with several health issues over the last four years. Um, he's had a heart surgery, he's had three surgeries on his neck, um, and through all of that, he's had some pretty rough, some, some really rough days. Um, I mean, we've all had rough days, but he's been in a lot of pain. And I would talk to him, and, and you know, when I knew he wasn't feeling well, and I would ask him, you know, how are you doing, how are you feeling? And his words to me almost inevitably, inevitably were all the same. He would say, man, this is nothing compared to what Jesus went through for me. Have you ever thought about that? The trials in this life that we go to is nothing compared to the suffering that Jesus went through for each one of us. You see, if he could endure the cross for you and me, if he could endure the cross and see the joyous opportunity to, comp to accomplish the purpose of God, then we should be able to endure our trials with joy. It's the ultimate example. Let's pray.